your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 736 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And as you guys can probably already tell, uh, still a little bit under the weather. And uh, just to be completely transparent about this... Uh, over the entire uh, you know Christmas holiday break here, uh, my family and I all got hit by COVID at the same time, and it sucks. Anybody that's has it had it knows that it's it's not a fun experience, obviously. And uh, obviously, you know I'm kind of lucky because yes, my whole family got it, but we're all okay now. We're all uh, very much on the road to recovery, especially uh, my beautiful daughter. You know she had it, and man, she was she was a champ through the whole thing. She handled it better than any of us, uh, but. I just want to thank everybody uh, first and foremost before we talk about the Rangers here. A couple of you guys, you know, left some comments on Twitter. A couple of you guys DM'd me. A couple of you guys, you know, sent an email. It was very, very thoughtful of you guys, and I'm very thankful that you did it. Us Ranger fans, you know, we're all a family. We all got to stick together and all that good stuff. But, uh, again, anybody that's been, you know, affected by COVID in one way or another, uh, my heart certainly goes out to you because, uh, you know, hey, we all got it. But like I said, my, my family and I, we're all getting better now and, and feeling a lot better than we did just a couple of days ago. Um, Merry Christmas, right? But uh, be that as it may, everything that happened here, I just hope that everybody out there, you know, enjoyed their holiday. You're still enjoying your holiday. Some people are probably lucky enough to be off this week. So that's uh, obviously a nice thing. But again, thank you guys to everybody that uh, reached out. And thanks just in general for, you know, sticking with me here and, uh, you know, being patient while I, uh, get my bearings and come back and talk about the Rangers here today. But, you know, I was all prepared to talk about the Rangers win against the Islanders, which happened on Thursday. That was going to be our Friday episode. Unfortunately, we never got the uh, the chance to do that due to everything that I just mentioned. Um, but I thought what we could do is, even though it's Tuesday morning and even though the Rangers are getting back uh, in action tonight, they'll be at home against the Capitals, I still figured we'd talk about a couple of the uh, the talking points Coming out of the win against the Islanders, very dramatic win for the Rangers, down 3-2, to two, entering the third period. They had been down by one goal on three separate occasions in this game, and they come storm back to win the game. And I thought one of the coolest and most fun aspects of this win for the Rangers was the uh, Capo Caco redemption arc, basically, that occurred in the middle of this game. Obviously, uh, he had a bit of a misplay early in this game. He basically just held on to the puck for too long. You know, it, it came from a good place. I think certainly he was trying to make something happen and had the puck in the offensive zone, had the puck behind the Islander net, was along the boards, did a great job protecting the puck and keeping the play alive, but probably just went a bridge too far. You know, he was weaving between a couple of defenders. It all looked good. And then unfortunately, uh, Bailey poked the puck away from him. Barzell uh, picked it up in stride, went in and scored on a breakaway. That gave the Islanders a 2-1 to one lead. 
But there were a couple of things that I like here. Uh, first of all, we all know that, you know, Capo Caco obviously redeemed himself later in the game, ends up scoring the game-winning goal for the Rangers in the third period. So that was awesome. But the other thing that I like is just the fact that so many of his teammates seem to have his back here. You saw Lafreniere right after it happened, went up and tapped him on the helmet. Uh, Kreider was talking to him on the bench, apparently. Barclay Goodrow said something to him as well. Just very nice to see the Rangers kind of have each other's backs in situations like this because it's something we got so used to last year. And yet at times this year, you know, they just, we weren't sure if like there was some kind of a rift in the locker room or what exactly was going on. Um, but they just kind of were, you know, zombie-like. I don't think anybody that watched this team through that stretch that I'm talking about would argue with that because it just was not uh, good hockey for the Rangers. But this is the Ranger team that we all know and love. They all had his back. And it was also good that uh, Gerard Gallant did not, like, dramatically reduce his ice time or anything like that. And then, you know, Kako rewarded the uh, the faith in him, and he ends up, like I said, scoring the game-winning goal off of a uh, really nice pass from Ke'Andre Miller in the third period, a game that could have gone either way, and a game that the Rangers won to claim their eighth win in the last nine games and go into the break on a positive note. So we're going to break down the Kako winner in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league, from pro football to college bowl season, to basketball and hockey. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. All right, and so to break down this game-winning goal from Capo Caco, as promised, uh, just a fantastic play here uh, by Keandre Miller and Capo Caco getting to the net for the tip-in goal. Uh, to begin with, the Rangers had a power play opportunity late in the third period here. Game is still tied at 3-3. Three to three. Power play ends. The second unit is still out there. You get Lafreniere shooting the puck into the attacking zone in the corner. Barzell kind of looks like he's going to be the first one of the puck for the Islanders, but the puck kind of hopped on him a little bit, and Keandre Miller was there as well, uh, chasing the puck into the corner. And as soon as he gets there, I don't know if, if Kako was calling for the puck or instincts just kind of took over for Miller. Uh, hey, just throw the puck toward the front of the net and good things happen. I, I don't know what, what exactly it was here, but Keandre Miller with the presence in mind, once again, gets the puck in the corner and immediately gets it to the front of the net. And he did this with two Islanders near him. I mean, there were three Islanders pretty close to him and uh, was able to get the puck out of there and create a scoring chance out of nothing, completely out of nowhere. Even caught Sam Rosen a little bit off guard there. But yeah, he throws it to the net and there's Capo Caco crashing the net and he tips it into the roof. And uh, just like that, the Rangers up four to three with just a couple of minutes to go in this game. Uh, Vincent Trocek scored a little bit later to make the score five to three which was also uh, the final score of this game. But just so cool to see Capo Caco, you know, not dwell on a mistake that he made earlier in the game. It was great to see his teammates, you know, do the same thing, kind of have his back through that whole thing. Drug Gallant did not, like, noticeably uh, limit his ice time after that or anything like that. Sometimes you got to let kids play through 
some mistakes. And I'm not completely excusing uh, the miscue that Kako had because it's one of those things you really don't want it to happen. But as I mentioned earlier, I think it came from a good place here. You know, he was hustling. He was doing everything he could on that play to try to create something out of nothing. You know, the Islanders can be a frustrating team to play against, trying to create some offense, trying to create a scoring opportunity. Obviously, it didn't work out, and it cost the Rangers. But it was nice to see him stay in the game and uh, end up getting this game-winning goal here. And you could tell after he scored this goal, you know, Hedl was in there. Uh, Miller was in there in the goal celebration, just how happy his teammates were for him uh, when he put this puck in the net here and uh, came up with a big goal in a big spot for this New York Ranger team. It, it's really cool to see you know, the Rangers just back to being the Rangers. Everything from how they're playing to how they interact with each other. It's been quite the dramatic turnaround here, now winning eight games out of a possible nine. And we talked about that too, you know, after the loss to the Penguins. You know, if the, if the Rangers lose to the Islanders after losing to the Penguins, I mean, yeah, you still go into the break having won seven out of nine. I think you're feeling pretty good. But then you're coming back to a two-game losing streak, and now there's pressure tonight to halt the losing streak and all that stuff. So uh, that was a really nice way to roll into the break for the Rangers, a dramatic come-from-behind win uh, against their arch-rival Islanders. And, you know, a kid like Capo Caco coming through in a big spot. But uh, there was a stat on social media that was kind of doing its rounds, and uh, a couple different people posted this. And I wanted to share it with you guys because it's pretty eye-opening. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, wish the Rangers would get more out of Kako and, you know, people around the league, fans of other teams mostly, saying that he's a bust and this, that, and the other thing. And look, I think a lot of us thought Kako would probably have more points at this point in his career than he currently does. But this is an eye-opening stat as far as just how good he's been at even strength. So Kako this year has nine even strength goals for the Rangers that is second on the team, only Chris Kreider with 11 has more. And this is a list of players around the NHL, some notable players who have fewer even strength goals than Capo Caco so far this season. You ready for this list? Here we go. Evgeny Malgin, Nazem Kadri, John Tavares, all these players have fewer even strength goals than Capo Caco. I'll keep going here. Jonathan Marcheseau, Trevor Zegras, Brady Kachuk, Patrice Bergeron, and Leon freaking Dreisaitl. All of those players have fewer even strength goals so far this season than Capo Caco. I think Caco, his points would be probably pretty much where we would all want them to be and expect them to be and hope them to be if he got a little bit more power play time. And I'm not saying to play him on the top unit because the Rangers have a fantastic top unit, but I'm just pointing it out there that, um, you know, obviously his points or if it seems like he doesn't have a lot of points hurt a little bit by the fact that he doesn't get a ton of power play time because he's getting it done at even strength for this team. But we will continue breaking this one down in just a second. All right, so something else that I wanted to mention, this is something that they talked about early in the broadcast, and, you know, Ben Harper's been getting some attention from Ranger fans as kind of, you know, maybe this is somebody that can actually hold it down as the sixth defenseman on this team. Uh, to me, it doesn't mean that the Rangers won't go looking for, you know, another depth defenseman at the trade deadline this season. But Ben Harper, I think thus far, has uh, played pretty well. Gerard Gallant said something that I've kind of said uh, when it comes to six defensemen. Uh, he was talking about Ben Harper specifically, but he said, you know, the reason you don't notice him that much is because he doesn't really make that many mistakes. And as I mentioned in the past, sometimes that's all you really want from your six defensemen. Somebody that can go out there, just play steady hockey, not really stand out that much one way or the other, and essentially just not be a liability and not lose the game for you. But a stat that they showed that I thought was very impressive, his first four games with the Rangers, Harper was not out there for a single goal against. Now, of course, part of the reason for that is that he's not on the ice as long as most of the other Ranger defensemen. In this most recent game, he was actually out there for 12.07 
which was actually more ice time than Braden Schneider got. Schneider only got 10.58. I don't know how much I like that. I mean, it's not that much of a difference, but, you know, Braden Schneider deserves to be playing. He, he had another strong game here. But bottom line, Ben Harper is mostly getting the job done for the New York Rangers. Uh, when he's out on the ice, it doesn't seem like bad things are happening. The Rangers aren't giving up goals, obviously. And he's somebody that he doesn't go looking for trouble, but if trouble finds him, he's more than willing to meet it head on. You know, there's been a couple of instances where there's been a skirmish after a play and he has not hesitated to stick his nose in there and get his hands dirty a little bit. Nothing too crazy, you know, no fights or anything like that. But uh, if something goes down when he's on the ice, you'll probably see him in there mixing it up. And I think that's another way that uh, he'll win himself over as far as Ranger fans are concerned. And something else that Ben Harper did in this game was he picked up uh, his first assist as a New York Ranger. It was actually the game-tying goal which happened just three minutes into the third period. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the Rangers were down 3-2 going into the third period, but you've got uh, Harper getting the puck to Julian Gauthier, Gauthier taking a shot from the blue line, and uh, Barclay Goodrow, Johnny on the spot. He comes up with these big goals, man, I'm telling you. Goodrow, not an offensive juggernaut, but he just seems to have a way of coming up with these goals, these clutch goals and big spots when the Rangers uh, really need it. And obviously, again, the Rangers really want to win this game. All these games are huge. Standings are tight. We're going into the break here, playing a division rival. Got to get off to a good start in the third period. And Goodrow goes to net and tips it in. His eighth goal of the season. I would love to see Barclay Goodrow get a 20-goal season. And we'll see if that ends up happening or not. Um, could go either way. And I don't want to hear about, like, well, you know, if Goodrow gets 20 goals, it might mean that he's in the top six and this player isn't in the top six. I don't really care. If Barclay Goodrow gets 20 goals, let's not try to make that into a bad thing. Barclay Goodrow uh, having a heck of a start to the season for the Rangers. Such a hardworking player, and I think it would be so cool to see him uh, hit that 20-goal plateau for the first time in his career, on top of all the other good things that he does and all the other things that he brings to the table. And speaking of Goodrow, you know, we talked about the goal where Gautier set up Goudreau to tie it, but how about uh, the goal where Goudreau set up Gautier? And the Rangers are down 2-1 to one at this point in the game. Puck is in the Rangers zone. They eventually work it out. Barclay Goodrow in the neutral zone. Just a beautiful cross-ice saucer pass to lead Julian Gauthier up the right side. And here's this play that we've all seen a million times from Julian Gauthier. And he never, ever scores on this play. But he drives hard to the net here. And instead of, like, doing what he always does and not scoring... He kind of switched it up a little bit and ended up going five-hole. It seems like on this play a lot of the time, what Gautier will do is, like, he'll almost, like, not even shoot. Like, he'll, he'll drive hard to the net, and it looks good and everything, but he just doesn't pull the trigger, and then either the goalie will knock the puck away or a defenseman will close, and he'll disrupt the play. Or if Gautier does shoot, he'll just shove it right into the goalie's pads. But here, he made it look like he was going to carry it across the crease, which is what he usually does in a situation like this but instead uh, kind of went to the bag of tricks a little bit and uh, went to the uh, to the five-hole, a little forehand backhand action, and uh, he ties the game for the Rangers. So a big play there for Gautier. And also, you probably notice, uh, Goodrow playing with Gautier. Goodrow, for times in this game, dropped down from the top line to the fourth line, and Kravtsov got a chance to play with Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin on the top line. So what an opportunity that could be for him. Going to be very, very curious to see how the Rangers line up tonight. I would think probably Goudreau would start on the first line, but that's a move that maybe Gallant keeps in his back pocket if he wants to, you know, give Kraftsoff a chance on the top line and just mix things up a little bit during the game. Uh, you know, he might go to that well again where he drops Goudreau from the first line 
down to the fourth line, especially after Goodrow and Gautier linked up for a couple of goals, and he gives Krasov that opportunity to then play on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. And like I said, what an opportunity that would be for Vitaly Krasov. I'm going to have to go ahead and cut this one a little short today, though, guys. As you can probably tell, my, my voice is just toast right now. And, uh, yeah, again, I, I just want to thank everybody who reached out, you know, while I was uh, on the IL, quote-unquote. But I'll do my best to kind of work my way back from this and hopefully be back to myself uh, sooner rather than later, uh, for sure. But uh, enjoy Rangers versus Capitals tonight. I know I'm looking forward to it. Felt like a, a long layoff there. Five days without any Ranger hockey last time they played was Thursday. It's now Tuesday. So, yeah, let's go Rangers. And once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.